When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who is going to be first to the floor here? And it was Marcus Smart as he usually is. Wayne Spoonie here for First of the Floor, and I'm here with my man, the man with the mistress, the man with the down coat on like he's Cameron, Jake Eisenberg. What's up, buddy? Cold down there in Australia, huh? Yeah, mate, it's chilly in, in Tassie. Granted, it is, it is warm. I just grabbed it. I just grabbed it. Um, we're good to go. Um, I've As I get closer and closer to being washed, I've recently started a, a, uh, a hip opening and mobility program to help with upper back tightness so yeah we're it's all it's off season time i'm hopefully i'm hoping rob is on the same program yeah that's right man you'll be ready to go when the season starts um okay before we jump into it um we are running uh i I would say a promotion i guess you want to call it um a desperate prayer for five-star reviews on apple Podcasts. but it is the five-star walshy promotion so you can enter in to win a jersey of Walshy, not Jordan Walsh. It will say Walshy. Um, <laughs> and the the way you enter is you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and you have to write a review. We'll be reading the best reviews on the show each week or month and either drop your Twitter handle in the review or screenshot it and tag us, uh, Instagram, whatever. Get it to us somehow and we will pick one winner out of a hat and we will send you wherever you are in the world, as Ben said, from Greenland to Antarctica, yeah. <laughs> uh, you will get a Walshy jersey. So, Jake, you get the burner counts out. You want this Walshy jersey? I definitely will. I'll, I'll definitely be creating a couple burner accounts to get the Walshy jersey. That's for sure. Yeah. Aussie feel, beautiful day down in the gong, beautiful part of the world. Mate, good to, good to see some, some regulars in the chat here. I'm excited. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. It's good to be back. I feel like we haven't been on together in a while, Jake, so I'm looking forward to a three and a half hour podcast here. (laughs) Always, of course. I was very happy to see you and Ben got together and uh, did it almost an hour as well. with We did. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad. 25 minutes in, I'm thinking like, oh, this is going to wrap up in 40. No, never happens. But uh, anyway, okay, before we jump into kind of the main part of this podcast, which is Ben and I did what are we most worried about for each player uh, last last show now we're going to do the fun stuff what we're most excited for but we had a little bit of news the nba board of governors passed 
a new rule for this season, which is kind of crazy considering it starts in like a month, but essentially teams cannot rest more than one star player in the same game. And a star player is defined as anyone who's made an all-star game in the last three years, which is a pretty big pool of players. I mean, that's that's a massive pool. But um, Jake, what are your thoughts on on this new rule? How much do you think it's going to matter? I don't think it's going to matter. It's not going to impact the Celtics really at all, right? Like of our two all-stars, neither of them rest really unless they're actually injured. Um, I saw us like- 75% 75% of players played, like, 212 players played, like, 75% of the games last year. Like, I don't think rest is really that big of an issue outside of, like, a handful of guys. Like, it's the Clippers. It's LeBron. Like, most of the star players play, I feel like. Out, like, Durant was injured a lot. Giannis plays when he plays. Jokic plays every game. Luka Embiid plays. Even, yeah. Embiid even played 65 games last year. Like, yeah. I don't I actually think this is a big deal. Interestingly, I like I I've been of the belief that the the season's too long. Like 82 games is just an absurd amount of games to play. Like anytime I tell I'm talking to someone who doesn't isn't into the NBA and they're like, don't they play like a million games? I'm like, yeah, they play 82 games, like four games a week, three games a week. They're like, that's crazy. Like the NBL plays like 30. Um, and I tweeted that and I got like some emotional pushback. People were like, that's not backed up in science. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, wow. I'm not, I'm not a scientist, obviously, but like 82 <laughs> games plus playoffs is not good for the human body. Someone said professional sports is bad for the human body. Well, I guess less professional sports then would be better for the human body than more. It seems obvious to me that like 82 is so many games. Yeah, and I, I think back like the rule as far as that's yeah, concerned. Like if the no, it's all good. If if the Clippers want to rest Kawhi Leonard, they're just going to say he's hurt. Yeah. Like I mean, they you can game this so much. So I really don't see how this is going to help. It's just going to make things even more convoluted than it already is. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. And kind of where the NFL and English soccer really hits is that there's fewer games, so yeah. each game individually is more important. And like. Look, we openly talk about how the Celtics are like not trying for, you know, a week at a time sometimes. And, you know, if you're only playing 65, 70, I, I, I'm the other side is like, I want more basketball to watch. You know what I mean? So that's the flip side. So I go back and forth on it. But ultimately, I think there's positives and negatives to both. Would we even notice if it was 65 games? Like there's so many games like there was 70. 72 feels good, yeah. 10 less games. You basically don't have back-to-backs in that case. Yeah. I feel like, and then, yeah, 10 less games, like, probably not, really. Yeah, but. I don't know. Well, I, anyway, I, all right. I, I, yeah, I, I don't see this really mattering at all. Like, yeah. yeah. Especially for Celtics fans. Yeah, thank you, NBA Board of Governors, for, uh, I guess, a little bit of news on a slow news day. But let's yeah, get very. to the fun stuff. The one thing... Jake and I are most excited about for each player. So, Jake, I'm just going to throw these to you. And then if mine's the same, I'll piggyback on it. If not, we'll talk about that. But uh, we're going to go same order Ben and I just went for the last episode. So the most important player on the roster, Svi Mihailuk. What are you most excited for for Svi? Okay, so I think technically there will be something that crosses over with yours here. But for Svi to be good at basketball... I, I, okay, <laughs> I, I'm I close to that. <laughs> I know it seems silly, but I I think 
from like watching some film, reading some articles, listening to some smart people, I think he actually has the ability to make competent decisions, hit open threes, make the make the easy read, make a good pass, run some secondary pick and roll. I think for us to be pleasantly surprised that he can like competently dribble, pass, and shoot. And in this Celtics context, it it doesn't take a lot for you to be valuable. Like Blake Griffin, I thought played really well last year because he consistently just makes the right decision. As long as you're making the right decision on this Celtics team, it looks really e- it's really easy to look really good. Yeah. So that's what I'm excited for for C to just be good and use his brain. Okay, we're like oh, we're basically on the <laughs> same page here. I just have it. I just like narrowed it down a little bit. Like he averaged ten point six, two and a half, two point seven. With, as my guy Z Gamer, shout out Z Gamer, we appreciate you reaching out to us and commenting and everything, likes to remind me, pretty decent defense too for the Hornets. Like he did play pretty decent defense for Charlotte and his shooting splits were good. They were fine. 45% from the floor and like 42% from three in 19 games, which isn't like a small number of games. So it's like, if that's real, which is basically to your point, if if he's good at basketball, this is like an absolute <laughs> home run. And like the most recent action we saw of Svi playing NBA basketball, he was pretty damn good. So yeah. like that's pretty exciting for a minimum guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like in my mind, he's the 14th man just because he signed the in the 14th chronologically. Right. But right. like he could easily be the 10th or 11th guy to me. Definitely. Like, and O'Shea maybe ends up being the 14th or Banton or whoever. Banton. I think it's my money's on Banton. <laughs> I think it could be Banton. And which uh, the next person we have is Banton. Yeah, I go for it. Who I have. So I have Tall. <laughs> Dude, I have almost the same thing. I kid you not. Go for it. So it's really cool when your point guard can be tall. Like, it's- <laughs> hold on. I have big playmakers are fun. That's what I have written down. Yeah. Like, it's like I know you guys covered 2K last time, but like, it's so impactful when your point guard is like 6'7, 6'8, 6'9. Like, you can defend multiple positions, you can overpower smaller players. And that obviously translates in, in real life. Like, that's what Ben Simmons was like you know, the golden boy for so long because it's like he can be your point guard at six foot eight, six foot nine. Yeah. And, and it just instantly creates mismatches. Like the better version of this is Josh Giddy, who's a legitimate six foot eight, actually is a point guard. And watching him in the World Cup just dominate smaller players because he just always has a mismatch and creates mismatches all over the floor is really, really valuable. But the problem is, yes, Dave D, I have a feeling, unlike Sfi McKayluk, I'm not sure he's good at NBA basketball. Yeah. I wonder if he can play like a similar role to what White did right when he first got here, where it was just like, always keep the ball moving, make the right pass. And like, I think when we'll see him shine is on the break. Like, I really think out in transition, like with his padding and his eyes and he's fast, like in a straight line, I think he'll be able, like, he'll have a few highlight alley-oops to like Rob Williams or something. And there'll be some people who think he's better than he is. But anyway, he'll be kind of fun. But yeah. Much more exciting, this next guy. Walshy, baby. Walshy. What are you excited to see for Walshy? Mine is Marcus Smart Energy. I think okay. there's there's definitely a lack of like, who's the guy that's going to dive into the stands? Who's the guy that's going to do some over-the-top defensive play? There's going to be a moment late in the season on a back-to-back 
Some guys are going to be resting. We're going to have the one seed locked up, obviously. We're going to be cruising to the playoffs. While she's going to dive on the floor, get a loose ball, pop up an out, like a pass to someone who, from the ground who runs, probably O'Shea Brissett, pops up a pass to O'Shea Brissett who's going to run the fast break and he's going to miss the layup. But while she's going to be following Brissett, he's going to have popped up. Hopefully, it's a kip up. Hopefully, it's a kip up like Marcus <laughs> yeah. Smart. He's going to be following O'Shea. He's going to miss the layup. And while she's going to follow for a monster put back slam and just time out Houston Rockets. And, <laughs> and it's 109. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 175 or something. Exactly. Yeah. And while she's just going to be screaming into the crowd, he's going to be yeah. high fiving the, the people sitting courtside. And it's just going to be like, ah, oh, the Marcus Smart lives on in this moment. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I, I truly think like if Walsh brings nothing, he will bring energy and that alone. When you're six foot seven with a seven two wingspan, just being super energetic can have some value. So my mine's fairly close and actually Z Gamer hit exactly what I was going to say. And that is uh, mine's a little broader, like seeing the defense yeah. translate, um, because I just think with his tools, um, he's going to foul too much. He's going to be a little over aggressive. He's going to get lost at times. But there's also going to be times where he's just unleashed on somebody's like big wing ball handler. And he's going to absolutely lock him up for like three yes. straight possessions. And it's going to be part technique. And it's going to be part what you were saying, just like that absolute Marcus Smart tenacity. The garden's going to go crazy. Um, so I, I think yes. of any of these deep bench guys, I'm probably most excited to oh, see man. Jordan Walsh. And I, it's not really close, partially because he's got all these crazy tools. Like he was highly recruited out of high school too. six man of the year. Walsh. Yeah, maybe <laughs> a little premature, uh, maybe a little. But hey, uh, this, why do you think we've called it five star Walsh? Because uh, <laughs> right. he was a five star coming out of high school. That's right. That's right. You know, and he's like essentially 19 still almost um and i would still be selling myself on him even if he didn't have a great summer league but like he couldn't have showed us more in summer i mean that was like about as good it was going to get for an offensively raw guy so extremely extremely excited for jordan no. walsh in just about any way yeah. every way i mean every every second of jordan walsh activity is going to be like must see tv for celtics fans yeah. i feel like last season like we like there's just a different feeling you get when you've drafted a guy and you just have hope. Like you have yeah. like I have no idea what this could be. Um and I'm someone who's always gonna be like, I believe that it's gonna succeed. They're gonna turn into something mm-hmm. until it doesn't. And, you know, whether it was Neesmith or Romeo or, you know, Grant, Carson Edwards, Trey My Waters, like there's just a different feeling you get when you're watching a guy that hasn't had the NBA stuff, and it, it could turn into something. So every second while she's out there, especially when you add in the fact that he did have that awesome summer league, like whether it was like the secondary yeah. playmaking, like we don't like he's probably you know to him or Jalen potentially Rob, depending on how um, if how much of that explosion he's able to get back. But Walsh is probably like, like the most athletic person on this roster right now, and then you add like the length. Like he has the ability to to get on the break, get some of these steals, and just explode for for alley oop dunks and stuff. But yeah, I can just picture it now. It's going to be Jordan Clarkson, like on the road, and he's not going to have read the scouting report on Jordan Walsh. Like he doesn't he doesn't get yeah. past like yeah. the, eight, the the eighth or ninth guy on the scouting report, and he's going to he's going to be like, I don't know who this person is. I'm going to try and take them one on one, and there's going to be like someone like that 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 Walsh just completely swallows up, and it's going to be awesome. 
Yeah, oh, dude, it's gonna be yeah. fantastic. There's a lot of guys on that jazz team. <laughs> Colin Sexton, yeah, him. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Call. Is Chris Dunn still playing out there? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Man, Chris Dunn cooked us last year, Jeez. dude. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I I think he signed somewhere else, but I, yeah, I wouldn't say, have mind him for the like 15th spot, dude. <laughs> well, we we had him very briefly. I remember going into that like. That's right. Yeah, 21-22 season and. Yeah, did, immediately did got traded. I, yeah. I was I can't remember for who. Was it for tight? Was it in the tight deal? I I don't know. No, because that was midseason. So no. Yeah. Anyway, he it's not good. important. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He, uh, he was great last year, Chris yeah. Dunn. So shout out Chris Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Next, um, another guy, probably I, sort of similar idea as far as like role on the roster, but I'm just less excited for this guy. But he's maybe a better player right now. O'Shea Brissett. Oshay Brissett, yeah, look, I initially was excited about Brissett when I dove in. Um, definitely feels like that's who people are billing as the person who's going to be the guy. We're fr- yeah, listening to you guys last episode about he's probably going to be the guy that we're frustrated with. That being said, when I, go, when I went back and watched a lot of Brissett film, what he seemed to be really good at was just like cutting, um, moving off the ball and specifically cutting when someone drives and like they get a little bit held up, like help comes and he mm-hmm. like is just cutting through the middle of the lane and like it's an easy late dump off for a dunk or a layup. Just just being a solid outlet for Jason Tatum when he maybe gets, you know, trapped, you know, deep in the paint or or somewhere like that. And it's just an easy outlet. You're in the right spot and he's just able to to create easy, easy outlets for for Jalen and Jason. I think that's valuable. And we can be like, yes. Not a turn. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Right. And we need those possessions. Um, so yeah, and and look, like he's shot it fine at times in the NBA. So if you combine that, I, I do think like he gets more credit than he should for his athleticism because he's not super athletic, but he's almost like kind of understands the game a little better than maybe he gets credit for. And I think that goes to like the cutting and the yeah. off ball movement stuff. Um, so mine was basically what you had for Jordan Walsh. Like, say what you want about Brissett. That dude plays really hard yes. and he is going to give it 100% all the time. I think sometimes it's going to be sort of knee smithitis where it kind of gets him out of position or it like hurts himself or something. But like he will get in there. He will fight for rebounds. He'll dive on the floor. He will take charges like he will hard foul. So, um you know, I, I think we've adequately lowered our expectations for Brissett that if he's yeah. just kind of a decent ninth, tenth man, like that's all we need out of him. Those guys are always going to be up and down because if they were for if they were better, they wouldn't be the tenth man, right? So like yeah. as far as tenth men go, he's probably as good as you're gonna get, really. I mean Yeah, and with and with Brissett, I I do think, you know, losing Grant. People are a little concerned defensively. Obviously, losing Marcus, you have concerns mm-hmm. defensively. But again, I've kind of been the guy that was like, Grant did definitely did not have his best defensive season no. last year. So for Brissett yeah. to kind of fit and meet the expectations of what Grant met last year defensively, I think Grant, I mean, I think Brissett has the ability to guard some bigger guys. Like he's 6'7", six, 6'8", six, strong. He's got some girth to him. Maybe not quite as girthy as as Grant, but he's taller than Grant. He's going to be a better rebounder than Grant. So I do think defensively that he can really, for the most part, match what Grant gave you specifically last season. Yeah. Not what Grant gave you the year previous where he was really good in the playoffs. But last year, 
I do think Brissett on a team where the Celtics were the second best defense in the regular season, I do think he's totally, totally good enough to help the Celtics reach, you know, top three on defense again, just by feeling those minutes. Yeah. And look, he's never really played on a good team too. Like he's, I mean, he was fine for Indy. He was actually pretty good for Indy two years ago. And then yeah. last year they got better and he played a little worse, but Look, he's going to have the most wide open shots of his entire career next year. So maybe he can gain a little confidence in that way too. Well, I think with Brissett as well, like people forget that, you know, um, well, so they had, they had the sixth pick, I think, or seventh pick in their draft. Like Halliburton missed at like half the season. And when Halliburton yeah. played, that's when Brissett, when, what I, from what I saw, he fit well because he, under- he understands the game. He knows where to be. And so when you're playing in a better context, that's where someone who maybe doesn't have the tools to like, you know, raise the overall quality of the team yeah is going to actually is actually going to fit a lot better on a team like the Celtics where he doesn't have to do a lot like you don't like your your role players are asked to do so much less when your when your team is really good when your team is really good the role players jobs become really easy and so i think that that's where he could he could find success yeah i'd like to see joe do a little better job of defining specific roles yeah. for guys cuz last year it sort of seemed like like, you know, you saw it with Grant. He's like trying to take people off the dribble and stuff. And it's like, whoa, oh, whoa. And I don't know how much that is Grant gunning for a contract, say, but yeah. you got to coach that out of him. Yeah. I'm sorry. But regardless, negativity aside, let's move on to our next guy, a beloved, beloved figure here on the First of the Floor <laughs> podcast, Luke Cornett. The Cornish game hand. He makes a return. <laughs> um, for, for Cornett, I just have vibes, I think, mm. um, with... With Blake going out the door, um, we had the you know Cornet hosting the uh, the talk show um, last season. We know hosting Blake and hosting Hauser, the the Cornish game hand, the celebrations, the Stromal Swift, um, the bird the bird celebrations. Oh, yeah. Like preferably, we don't see a lot of Cornet out there um, this season, considering we have Pozingas, Rob. And Dal, I don't have a lot to be excited about with Cornette, but the vibes are important. The Boston boys fill a very important role on this team. And um, he's going to need to be the leader of that bus one because Houses, man, Houses might be on a different bus uh, next yeah. season. So <laughs> Houses so- got a role, man. Houses yeah. got a role. But okay, I'm going to go out on a limb with Luke. Okay. Luke made the most threes in NCAA history. For a center in his <laughs> career. And he's flashed it here and there. He shot it pretty decent when he first got into the league. He seems to have lost confidence in his three completely. I'm going to say, I'm, go- I'm staking my flag. This is the year Luke Cornett shoots threes <laughs> decent again. It's coming back. Three-point Luke. Let's do it. So I want to see Luke fire. I mean, not, I don't want him shooting seven a game, but, you know, throw up like one a game. Why not? You know, you're yeah. he's going to be wide open. He's going to be wide open. Now, I'm not sure I can agree with you here, Spoonie, because <laughs> would you agree that maybe when he came to the Celtics, he's played his best basketball in his career? His yes. Best impactful. <laughs> Definitely. Has, has that potentially coincided with him cutting out? The idea that he's a three-point shooter. <laughs> this is a very good argument that I do not have a counter to. <laughs> I honestly, if he's gonna look, if he's gonna take him and make him, yeah, shoot it, shoot away. Maybe, maybe he uh, he got with Derek White's shooting coach, and uh, he's able to he's able to knock down some threes. Yeah, look, 
I'm with you. Luke Cornett. It's it's three Fuck. season. Yeah, just three, like one a game. One a game. Again, when you again. when you when you play. When you play. Like not in garbage time. But. I was gonna say, and some people's three pointers are like they equal more than other people's three pointers when they when they make them. Like Cornet makes a three, the crowd reaction. Like you, you could almost you can almost bake in like if you're gonna shoot thirty four percent, it's actually a thirty eight percent shooter because of the impact has the energy of the building. So yeah, I'll allow it. I'll allow it just from the from the crowd boost that that it gives you. There we go. And like <laughs> if say he makes two, the defense is gonna be like, damn it, we got to guard Luke Cornet out there tonight. Yeah, like okay, fine, and that opens up everything. So again, told you I was going out on a limb there, but it's in there somewhere, Lukey. Um, a real quick. <laughs> A VYOM says his unique contesting against shots. I think we are team dislike the eclipse or the cornet eclipse or whatever it's called. I yeah, teams figured it out and they just started. He's out of position for rebounds. Like I, I think Jake, you're with me. We're not fans, right? Yeah, I I was pretty early to hop off the the eclipse bandwagon as soon as like teams started firstly miss uh, making their shots yeah. and then and and then being out of he like he's not the best rebounder anyway like when when he was playing for Rob the amount of times I came on here and be like I really appreciate his effort but he's just not Rob and then Rob nope. came back and I was like wow Rob is not Luke Cornett um, so like when you when you're when you're already not the best rebounder please just get in position to rebound please just get in position to rebound I know. God, <laughs> you're seven foot two, dude. Um, all right. Moving on from Luke. We love you, Luke. I'm excited Luke. for another year of, you know, 10 decent games a season from Luke. So Sam Hauser, I think oh, we're yeah. all pretty excited in general for Hauser next year. He came on strong last year, like went from an undrafted free agent to a solid role on a, you know, championship contender team. So what do you got for Sam? Offensive firepower. I think that he is just going to bring an element to this offense that is going to be a bit of a game changer. Like Sam Hauser, it has kind of, okay, at this point, Sam Hauser's shooting resume is getting a little bit out of control. I went back and had a look because, like, one of my favorite things to do is go back and look at Sam Hauser's shooting resume. Going back to college, across a four year college career, he shot 44% from three. And that was on 704 attempts. Yeah. That's like almost double the attempts he's had in the NBA so far. In the 17-18 season of college, so when he's a sophomore, on 5.6 attempts per game, he shot 49% from three. Like, yeah. this is just, these are just face-melting numbers. So, last season, and, I, and so this is the difference between Grant and Hauser. I've brought this up before. Per 36 minutes. Hauser shot 12.8 threes on 42%. <laughs> That's insane, is, dude. <laughs> which is just so many threes. And Grant yeah. shot 5.1% on 40%. But how many times did Grant try and pump fake out of a three? And what Hauser's really good at, people close out on Hauser hard. He'll hit you with a pump fake, pump fake, step to the left, wide open, bang. Like his offensive weaponry, his firepower is just a completely different level to what Grant Williams gives you. I'm really excited to see what Sam Hauser brings to this offense. We're gonna we're gonna get national pods about like Sam Whoa, Hauser. Sam Whoa. Hauser, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Simmons will do it first, though. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> who, so who, mine- yeah, who, who Simmons? Sorry, who Simmons didn't protect in his like expansion draft thing over Jordan Walsh? Who I love Jordan Walsh, but 
Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we've already seen Hauser do it and be a good yeah. role player. Like that's what we're hoping. While she, anyway, regardless, um, mine mine's pretty close. Just more confidence offensively, and not necessarily from three, where I think he's very confident. But he finished at eighty percent at the rim last year, and it's mostly because it was uncontested. But like. Sometimes I want to see Sam put it on the deck, take a pull up mid range shooter shot, man. Like he can make those. He's money from the line. Like I'm not saying build the offense around Sam Hauser, but like just diversify the offensive skill set a little bit. I want to see him try and maybe make some some passes after like a pump and drive. See what that looks like. Not because, again, like I think it's going to be immediately effective, but like he's still like 24, 25. Like he's got room to grow as an NBA player. And that foundation of being an elite shooter just opens things up for you so much. So just try some stuff every yeah. now and again, Sam. Like get, get out there, see if you can finish yeah. over somebody. Like, you know, maybe you'll get fouled. Like maybe you'll get swatted. That's okay. It's fine. <laughs> like it's, it's I, fine. Yeah. I, I think there'll definitely be a couple of spots here and there. But yeah, I think, you know, so age for some players can can mean one thing for one player and something for another. Like Sam Hauser, yeah, 24, 25. But yeah, what has his opportunity really been, right? Like last right. season was his real first opportunity to get to get real minutes. And he filled his role perfectly. I think Grant could have taken a leaf out of Hauser's book. Like I thought Hauser came in and knew exactly what his role was was. Fire mm-hmm. every semblance of an open three. Every single time you have a sliver of space. Fire. And now, comfortable. He's on the scouting report. I 100% agree. Let's get a little bit, let's get a little spicy, Sam. Let's, yeah. Let's a little pump fake. Yeah, the, the mid-range pull-up. I, I agree. I know you've written some pieces about maybe not going all the way to the rim because that could be a little bit uh, unsuccessful. Shaky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, look, I, my, my ver- look, my vertical after this hip opening yeah, program, it's coming back, but right now I think me and Sam Hauser might have a similar vertical. Um, yeah, at, at the rim, I think he's going to struggle just a little bit. But yeah, the the pump and dump Hauser. Yeah, Landon's Landon's on it. Pump it yeah. and dump it. A little 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 pull ups. Let's 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 Duncan Robinson. Let's get some screen actions for yeah. for Hauser going. Why not? Yeah, and um, look, he finished at eighty percent at the rim last year, which is an absurdly elite. <laughs> like number it's because he only took layups when there was literally no one around him. Like you just got to push yourself. I'd like to see that number almost come down to like high sixties because he's taken a lot more of them, but um, all right, enough on Sam who I think we're all super high on. I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's pretty nailed on for kind of that eighth man role. Uh, Peyton Pritchard. I think a dude who's got opportunity sitting there for him that he needs to grasp after, you know, asking for a trade, which is kind of insane. But uh, he's still here. Uh, They traded a big minute guard. So there's guard minutes. What do you got on Peyton? Yeah, I think for Peyton, for me, it's about regaining his place on the team, regaining his place in the NBA, in the league. Like he, he got lost last year. He didn't have a role. And I've been someone who's been pretty confident that Peyton Pritchard has a role in the NBA as a as someone in a 10-man rotation on a good team, you know, whether that's 10, 12, 14, 16 minutes. And I think he's going to have that opportunity. So I'm just excited for him to get that chance to prove to the rest of the league that he belongs in the NBA, that game two against Brooklyn was real, that he can be part of a 17-point comeback in at home in the first round of the playoffs. Like I think he has the ability to hang in the NBA and I'm excited for him 
to get that chance. Yeah. That, uh, so I have kind of a two part thing, like one back in the rotation, you're which you just cheap. said. You're always, you're I know. I, yeah, I know. I'm looking on your paper, dude. Like hopefully, <laughs> the, hopefully Ben, the teacher doesn't see me, but, uh, <laughs> but like back in the rotation, clearly defined role. Um, and if there's one thing I love, and I know I'm kind of alone, not alone here, but I think there's a lot of Celtics fans who don't love Tatum sort of play, like playing point forward. Mm-hmm. I love it when he's running the bench yes. unit and doing that. And Pritchard is the absolute perfect guard to do that with because he is such a ridiculously elite shooter. Um, yeah, Pritchard, Z Gamer, deep threes off Tatum pick and pop. I just wrote about that for Celtics blog. Um, if you're bored, go check that out. Um, so I think playing on those bench units with Tatum, their net rating two years ago was like plus 18 uh, when they shared the court together, which is like absolutely absurd. Uh, so defined role where he just knows what he needs to do, what's expected of him. And, you know, he's kind of he's scrappy on defense, yeah, man. Like he can lock up a bench guard like he can yeah. play well. And I think it's going to be really good for him that we're going to be playing way less switch heavy scheme this season yeah. where he's going to have like those those shot blockers behind him and he can really get up into guys and, and play physical exactly and not have to worry about getting blown by or having to switch onto a center and box him out. Yes. Yeah. Pick up points. Like how many times has Peyton Pritchard just come into games, picking up guys full court and pressuring guys, you know, from, from the halfway line? Like how many times has Scal on the broadcast been like, pick up points, pick up points, pick up points. Yeah. And sometimes all it takes is one guy to get one steal, one deflection, get out in transition from doing that to spark the defense. Like, you know, the, the 82 game season, there's going to be them some malaise. And like, I yep. think last year the team, you know, it's crazy to even criticize a team that wins 57 games like too much, but like we we saw it. It was we, there. Yeah. We, yeah. And this, this 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 that's the thing about this team is they are so good that like they're gonna win 57 games, but this team has done it for years. And having a guy like that that's gonna come in and spark the team, I think, I think has value. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. You you and me have been peppering. Uh, the Twitter timeline with Pr- Peyton Pritchard propaganda. We have. Past, like, <laughs> we have. A week or two. Yeah, I put together a video of, um, yeah, just Pritchard, uh, purely Tatum to Pritchard assists. And there are so many from that 21-22 season where they went on that run. A lot of them coming from those pick and pops. Like, P- Tatum likes playing with Pritchard. It feels like he really trusts Pritchard's shooting. Like, there are just some moments where there was a um an Atlanta game where Pritchard just, like, inbounds pass, you know, Five, four, three, two, one, buzzer beater to to go into half court, knocks it down, and Tatum just like grabs his head, little brother, you know, like nuzzles yeah. his, <laughs> nuzzles him. Like I think Tatum really appreciates like how hard Pritchard works and appreciates it. Like, you know, he doesn't have the same tools as uh as Tatum has. Like I I think that there's something to that combination, and I'm excited to see more of it. Yeah, Tatum yeah, and sneaky O boards, yeah, as well. Yeah, and I think Tatum really respects Pritchard works as hard as anybody and he's just like a baller. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the like it's like hashtag analysis stuff, but like he's yeah. just a hooper, dude. Like he plays nonstop till his hands bleed and like dude. Tatum loves that shit. He he's the he's the pro am, you know, the, God, the, the, yeah. Yeah, the, the the ball don't stop record holder for, yeah, for most right. points which is like the the hoop, pure hoopers of pure hoopers pro-am he's got yeah. the record so hang the banner baby <laughs> all 
<laughs> All right. Before we move on to our next player, we've got a quick message from our sponsor. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Massachusetts 21 plus and present in MA first online real money wager only $10 first deposit required bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt restrictions apply see terms at fanduel.com backslash sportsbook hope is here gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support play it smart from the start gamesensema.com or call one 800 GAM1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 918.23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime. Jake. Do you have a bet for us? I know I, I did not ask you before. Yeah, All right, no. awesome. Thank you. You're I'm, a pro, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I actually had to go through because I like I. So my fiance asked me if I could just stop gambling from the end of the NBA season to the beginning of the NFL season. Like that's like our annual rule now, three years in a row. Um, and I'm like, yeah, easy, no worries. There's way less sport on. Um, and uh, it's actually good. But then I get so excited when the season starts again, and so like. I've placed probably like 20 to 25 bets over the past like um, like two weeks. Yeah. And so but I made a spreadsheet. So I'm calculating how much I'm betting and losing. I lost I lost like $1.50 over like 25 bets. So just there so everybody go. knows, I'm not a, an amazing gambler. But I also, when I wrote it all down, realized I made a lot of dumb bets. So, you know, week one, we're getting better. My favorite bet, Giants minus 4.5 against the Cardinals. If you watch the Giants get absolutely murdered by the Cowboys, forty to zero, um, I think there's going to be like, a, okay, we're going to throw that one away. We're going to rebound against what's supposed to be like the worst team in the league. They're oh, yeah. going to come out and like play play well. People were high on the Giants going into Week One. The, the Cowboys just like once they got rolling, once you get ahead with that defense, there's nothing you can do to stop it really. So I think the Giants come out against one of the worst teams in the league and just like win by. Couple touchdowns. So I love that one. I gave out Bills minus two against the Jets uh, last show, and I thought I was a genius when Aaron Rodgers went down. <laughs> and wow, did I look dumb because I went to bed at halftime and woke up to see the Bills had lost in overtime. So that was really okay. cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I love it, Jake. I think you're right. Dayball's a great coach. Like he'll have them ready to play. Week one, dude, when we look back, like the Bengals lost week one last year and week two last year and then ended like 14 and, and four or three or whatever. It's some 13 and four. Uh, week one, weird stuff happens. So I throw out all the week one results. The Giants are going to be a solid team and the Cardinals stink really bad. Oh, yeah. So I love that bet. And v- I'm in the chat here. Pa- Patriots? Didn't mind what Defense I saw. Defense looked great. Didn't yeah. mind what I Mac saw. Mac looked fine. Just like, yeah. Just like, don't do the two turnovers in the first two possessions thing. And who knows what happens in that game? Yeah. 
Yeah, Mac looked. Uh, hey, a real offensive coordinator helps. Who would have? Who would have guessed? Huh? <laughs> Imagine that. Hey, I might All be right. starting Matt Jones in my Superflex league uh, this week. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Love it. It's going to be high scoring, dude. Miami can't stop yeah. anybody anyway. So, um, yeah. all right. Back to something I know much better than football, although <laughs> I do enjoy it quite a bit. Now we're getting into the, like the real, these guys are going to play big minutes in the NBA finals group of players here. So when we inevitably win the NBA finals, they will be a big part of it. Um, Al Horford, what do you got? I actually found this one kind of tricky. Like, I was like, what is the one Al Horford thing that I'm, like, really excited for? Mine's and- dumb. I'll just say mine okay. is stupid. So, go ahead. Yeah, good. Well, this is welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think I landed on the most Al Horford thing that came to mind, and it was consistency. Oh, yeah. Love it. Consistency. I'm mm-hmm. excited for positional defense. I'm excited for him to be in the right place. I'm excited for him to knock down open threes. I'm excited for him to make the right play every single time. I'm excited for Al Horford to be Al Horford. That's really love it. it. Like it was so. It's kind of simple to me. I don't know, and that's why we love Al. He's just rock solid every year. The perfect human being in just about every way. Um, so. My, like I said, mine is kind of dumb because it's sort of counterintuitive. <laughs> what I'm most excited about is that we'll see less of Al Horford next year. Mm. I want Al Horford to play less. I want him to play less because we don't need him because we have front court depth and we can rest him and make sure he's 100% ready to go for the playoffs. I mean, Al was fine. I mean, he was amazing in the Sixers series, but like he had just kind of lost his legs on the jump shot. You could tell he couldn't get anything to go. And it was because he had played a huge minute load all season. And then he's going to war with Embiid for seven games, which he did incredibly well. Um, but like he just seemed like he was sort of running out of gas by the end of that heat series and really most of the heat series. So like I want Al to play like 18 minutes a game. Whoa. And then when the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it's not going to happen. Not, yeah. No chance. Nah. But if we could get 25 and he only plays 65 games and we yeah. win 58, 59, like that is ideal to me. Make sure Al. I see less yeah. of Al in the regular season so I can see more of him in the playoffs. And I think we're finally built to where that's possible. But yeah, Al in the best way is kind of a boring one for this because we know, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I have a question for you then. Okay. So firstly, just looking at Al Horford's basketball reference, this dude is like the definition of an Iron Man. He's had one season outside of OKC where he hasn't, oh, maybe two seasons. But so he's played 32,519 minutes regular season. And then- 5,700 playoff minutes, so almost 40,000 minutes. Last season, he played 1,922 minutes. He played 30 minutes a game last year. That's too many, right? So I think- Yeah. So that's- I'm with you there. I would like to see less of Al Horford as well. I think 18 is- even, I don't even want to see it. 18. I don't want to see 18. <laughs> okay, actually, fair, actually, fair. I think, I think 24 is the number where- Okay. You're, you're Rob, Rob and Al are playing 24 each, and then Pozingas is in like the 26 to 28 range. That's yeah. what I would like to see. 30 is way too many for Al, dude. I know he's not- and He's the, 37. The, yeah. He's 37. Like, yeah. Like he played 30, he played 63 games last year, so that was all pretty much um, the back-to-backs. Maybe he missed an, 
I don't know, he probably had COVID last year because he always has COVID. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, 100%. Get it, get out of like six, again, 60 to 63 games by 24 minutes. 30 minutes is too many. Like, it's absolutely no reason for us to be pushing Al Horford at this point in where the Celtics are when we've got the depth that we do. And, yeah, we don't need to push for 60 wins. We don't need to push for the one seed. You know, it's just not yeah. worth it. And despite our best efforts, like, he's still not mm-hmm. really replaced. Like, he kind of is with Porzingis, but, like, yeah. I trust Al on Embiid and I trust him on Giannis. I don't know if I trust Porzingis on those guys. So, like, yeah, we're gonna Al see. is still super, super important yeah. to this team. So, we need him for the playoffs. But. Yeah. The Embiid defense is is where, is one of those things where I don't think it's going to go away soon. Just because, like, of the, the way that Embiid plays. Like, yep. Whereas, you know, the, the the decline of Horford was his ability to switch onto everybody. Yep. And the fact that he was able to do it the year before, I still don't even know how he was. OKC, okay, man, the back yeah. to tank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe maybe there's something to like everybody wasn't as good in isolation last season. So Al also wasn't as good. But I thought Al in particular, yeah, like he wasn't able to. And that's okay. Like he was able to switch onto a lot of guys, but- Really struggled against the the Trey Youngs and stuff of the world, which Harden, yeah, he just couldn't do. That. Which is that's okay. It happens, Nobody, yeah. Sh- show he me the big everybody. Man. Yeah, sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> show me the big men that can switch onto those guys, and uh, there's yeah. not a lot of them. So it's basically like Bam and AD, and that's yeah. it. So. Yeah, and Draymond Green. It's like okay, yeah, right, right, yeah, Congrats. Draymond, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And Al was one of those guys the yeah. year before, which is pretty incredible. So anyway, all right, moving on. We love Al, Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> what do you got? We do love Al, absolutely. Okay, bench piece cheat code nights. This is what I'm most excited for. Mm. And I think it's, you know, we, the pendulum has definitely swung too far on Brogdon, I think. And part of that's because if he got injured at the worst possible time, it was yeah. going into the conference finals, which is where we needed him maybe more than any other series, was please, Lord, can someone make a shot? And what does Malcolm Brogdon do all season long? was an elite shot maker. Like that was like literally his one thing that he did better than anything else that he brought to the table. So I have, I have um, in particular, the bench piece cheat code nights. So Brogdon had 13 games last season where he shot 63% or better from the floor. Celtics go 13-0 and in those games. Damn. Yeah. He had 35 games where he shot 50% or better. Celtics go 26-9. and That's a 61 win pace he's really really freaking good at scoring like just like he was last season and so to have a guy that comes in and on certain nights just goes nuclear 63 percent, 13 times is not nothing like, that's a no statistic. dude <laughs> yeah yeah and to go 13 and no because like the Celtics are so hard to deal with without brogdon so you bring in brogdon who just shreds you for 20 points on on whatever 11 shots or whatever it is uh man a lot math, math went out the window on that one, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So it's just like when he's doing that, the Celtics are impossible to beat. So that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, and like especially sixty plus percent as a point guard too. Like yeah, okay, DeAndre Jordan probably sure. shots whatever, but like Brogdon shooting a ton of threes and he's shooting above sixty five percent. He basically wins you games. So um, yeah, the pick six uh, as Ben brings up to Maxi definitely so added. Bad. Or reduced some years on my life, unfortunately. Uh, but on Brogdon, specifically in the playoffs, 
uh, even with that pretty disastrous Miami Heat series that he had because he was injured, we were still 4.3 points per 100 possessions better with Brogdon. So his on-off differential in the playoffs was great. It was bad in the regular season. So like that just goes to show like he brought it when he needed to in those first two series. Then he got hurt. And there's nothing we can really do about that. But um, so Z Gamer, I you are on what I had. I have better chemistry with the stars. I think Brogdon at times, you know, for he was so efficient scoring. So I get why it was like Malcolm Brogdon time sometimes when he played. Um, but I think this year he'll ha- he'll have to shoulder. Ben and I kind of talked about this. He'll have a bigger playmaking load just because Marcus Smart's not there anymore. So somebody's gonna need to pass the ball. <laughs> um, so I think he'll look to pass a little bit more. And I think that'll be good for the team on the whole. Like he draws a lot of attention when he's got the ball. So people are open and I want to see him find guys a little bit more. And I absolutely think he will. And, um, you know, like with Porzingis, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon. Like what? <laughs> what is that, dude? Those guys have all made all-star games recently like that. Actually, I'm not sure Brogdon was ever an all-star, but he may have been for Indy, right? He got it one year, I think. I think he was an all-star. He's, he's all-star level production yeah. when he starts it on a team. You know, he's going to average 20 and six and six or whatever. So like that's an absurd offensive lineup. And Brogdon is the point guard in, in those lineups when Derek White sits. So uh, excited to see him kind of be a little bit more of a playmaker. I have, I have one more. Um, I'm excited for him to meet Robert Williams. I can yeah, right. Of, Seriously. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> which is obviously picking back off what you just said. Yeah, yeah, I really I'm excited for them to meet, have some dinner, um, and to just pass him the ball when he's wide open under the rim. Because yeah. that's it's crazy. You don't point. even need to get it that close to it. Yeah, just yeah, sort of near him. <laughs> just just sort in there, dude. Yeah. Yes, that is definitely a huge part of it, dude. Like frustrating, frustrating watching him get like soft doubled and not just dump it to rob for an easy dunk but uh, hopefully next year we see a little bit more of it okay robert williams what do you got okay okay so this has to be the season i I, i'm like health is kind of the obvious one um Mm -hmm. i do think we didn't quite see the full version of rob last year we got close it felt like at times like there was a couple of stretches where we're like okay he's back and he just never really regained how good he was in that previous season. Um, and it makes sense to me that we never got there, like to come back from surgery and not have the time that you need to really work on your body and really rehab. And Rob is someone that clearly needs extra work on his body. Um, as someone that's doing the hip mobility program, um, it like every day and it look, is Rob going to commit to it? Like if, if this is the season where again, we have a big injury, um, knee, whatever, hips, I don't know. Um, it's going to be really, I think, demoralizing for like the the Rob Williams kind of arc. But I do believe that this is the season that he can string it together. Um, but aside from that, I'm excited for him to get back to box score anomalies. One oh, yeah. Thing, yeah. One of my favorite things about Rob Williams is like when you're like first player since like Andre Karolenko to do yeah. like, and, and I've got a few of them here. So these are all from the 2022 season versus the Cavs, 21, 11 rebounds, seven assists, two steals, two blocks. Insane. Oh, insane. <laughs> versus the Sacramento Kings, 13 points, 17 rebounds, four steals, three blocks, zero fouls. 
Versus Phoenix, one of our favorite games, triple-double, 10 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, five blocks. Like, he's just like one of a handful of guys in the league that even can like pull these stats out. Like mm-hmm. this blend of, you know, high level rim protection, but playmaking ability. He's, he has, he gets his hands in passing lanes, like the rebounding. Um, and then obviously like, you know, just basically catching alley hoops and stuff to get him to the, those point totals. He's like, he can pull these stat lines out that just like no one else can really do outside of a couple of guys. And so I'm excited, like, like, bam, it's like bam. And he, he has bam and Draymond Knights. Um, and so like, can we oh, yeah. see more of that? Yeah. Yeah, and like he can switch out on the perimeter when yeah. he's feeling healthy. Like he's really good at that when he's at his best. And at times last year, he he did it. And then other times you could tell he just wasn't a hundred percent and he'd get blown by. So eight blocks I against see- the Nets that one year. Eight blocks. Yeah, dude, that game. was amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just swatting hardened threes and hardened looking so confused. Oh, so it was good. amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think Porzingis and Rob will be really interesting on offense. And I want to see Rob be asked to make decisions a little bit more often. Maybe get the ball on the short roll a little bit more often. Maybe like get him in that high post and see if he can go like big to big down to Porzingis. Maybe he even takes a dribble or two and tries to kick it to a, you know, a, a corner shooter or something. Like I just like to see Rob touch yeah. the ball a little bit more because yes. he it just felt like last year was a really big step back. Like that one stretch. In the 2021 season, um, where he was like really healthy, rolling into the playoffs, he was averaging three and a half assists a game. Like that's insane, dude, for a center <laughs> that doesn't yeah. dribble. Um, and and I thought under Udoka, you still saw it more. And part of that is just he was healthy and playing more. And then last year, he basically didn't have an offensive yeah. role. He really didn't have a defined role. So I'd like to see him just like yes. get Rob a little more involved. Give him up. Give him two post ups a game. Like just yes. do it. Just like do yes. it, you know, make him take a mid-range jumper every game. I, I feel like we saw it a little bit in the playoffs, right? We did. Where, yeah, yeah, we were talking like, about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it didn't look good at all, but like, we all know the Rob has this innate feel for the mm-hmm. game of basketball where he clearly has like very little post training and he gets the ball in a mismatch and it's like off balance, but he flips it up and it goes in. He just yeah. has amazing touch, amazing feel. For the game, and I could not agree more. Please, can we can we see what we've got? Like, yeah. can we give him the chance? Yeah, similar to similar to Hauser, but I I do think that there's like there's something to unlock with Rob with more ball and like with the ball in his hands. Like, where's the handoff game? Where's the handoff game with Jalen coming off like coming off Rob and then cutting and Rob finds him for easy easy baskets? Like, Hauser coming off the handoffs? Like, let's let's use Rob. He has all these skills. Let's let's use it. Yeah, and and like unlike a lot of bigs and sort of his archetype, he's good at free throws. So you mm-hmm. just not like you have to worry about him getting fouled and going zero for two from the line. Like he shoots like seventy percent, man. That's just yes. fine. So more Rob Williams, more Rob Williams, please, more Rob Williams. Um, Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, next, I almost saved this guy for last just because it's you, Jake. But Derek White. <laughs> What do you got other than and don't you can't you're not allowed to say everything. <laughs> 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 well, because what I do have written down is just more Derek White. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. No, that's fine. But like, hi. So, you guys kind of covered the concern last. Like, and you kind of had to. You know, the more Derek White is that going to be good? Um, like, we're all pretty confident that more Derek White is going to be a yeah. good thing. Um, so 
there's that piece of it. Just to see more Derek White in our lives, I think is going to be a, a positive influence on just the universe and as a in, as a whole. So that's good. But purely a micro, more micro, I would go Derek White blocks and Derek Ooh. White floaters. There's just yeah. there's just something special about watching Derek White make floaters because it just is, looks so janky. And but he but he's just so good at it. Like he doesn't really crack anyone off the dribble. He just like uses his body to get to the to the right and then kind of half spins back to the left and then just just pops it up and it goes in. So just more Derek White floaters. Love it. Yeah, I I just like Derek White on the ball more, mm. making more decisions is going to be a good thing. Like running a little more. He didn't really run a ton of like high pick and roll with him and Tatum. Like yeah. we didn't see a ton of that last year. It was usually Smart doing it. Um, so I, I just want to see unleash Derek White on the offensive end. Uh, do some interesting stuff with him. Have I, I mean, like, don't just let him sit in the corner like he did at times last year. Yeah. Like, you're just not like have him cut more. Have him get the ball on the move because nobody makes better decisions with the ball on the move on this team than Derek White does. So, like, just use him more effectively. Um, I guess it kind of is similar to what I was saying with Rob, but I, I like really in that on ball role where he's like getting picks, making decisions, finding open shooters, getting to that goofy floater. Cause it feels like he can get that shot whenever he yes. wants against anybody too. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just like more assertiveness. That feels like it's going to be yeah. a trend with the Derek white experience. Like I think in the heat series, he, he kind of let us down and he's with his lack of assertiveness. Like, Mm-hmm. And we saw it in that game seven where he was being assertive. Like he can take Max Struess off the dribble. He can take these guys off the dribble where there's so yep. much defensive attention being shaded over to Jalen and shaded over to Tatum that he's going to have space to work with. And then if he starts cracking the defense and the defense, the, it's going to open up and create those advantages for Jason and Jalen. So yeah, more aggressiveness, I think is going to be something that we're going to be talking about at times. Um, but again, we saw a big leap in confidence and assertiveness last season from Derek White. And so I expect to see another leap in that perspective again. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too, dude. I cannot. God, will the season just start already? Um, Yeah, this is a a hype episode. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Um, All right, Kristaps Porzingis. What did I have here? So yeah, attacking closeouts. Oh, I like this. Okay. Let me ask you a question. So- Mm-hmm. Who do you think is the best at attacking closeouts? Al, Rob, Grant, Luke, or Blake? Because those are our bigs from last season. So I would say if Al was 29, Al Horford, without a doubt. But last year's Al was like very bad at it. Um, <laughs> Rob doesn't get closed out on, so it's difficult yes. for him to ever do that. Jesus. Uh <sighs> I, by default, is it Grant? <laughs> I, I, I actually think it, I actually think it was Blake. I actually thought Blake Blake's was pretty, fair, fair, yeah. yeah, yeah, fair. I think it's I think it was a kind of a tie between Blake and Horford. Like yeah. every once in a while, Horford would like summon the <laughs> summon the power of the twenty nine year olds and yeah. and get through them. Um, but that's why I'm excited. Like, how many times you know does do we do we get a kick out to a, a big man? And it's going to be Porzingis now, who's like really freaking good at attacking closeouts, whether it's yes. getting all the way to the rim and doing a Euro step, um, getting, to, getting to the mid-range for a pull-up. Like He's really, really, really good at attacking closeouts. And people close out really, really, really hard 
on yep. Porzingis because he's a freaking sniper. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm I'm excited for for that because I think it's going to really open up the the offense because then he then he can he can also pass out of those closeouts when when help comes. He's like it's they're easy passes to the corner to Hauser to Speed McKayley, easy. Yeah, Jalen. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, there's just going to be so speed. many weapons. Yeah, you know. <laughs> who cares? Yeah, same, same level, same level. Um, and and the thing about Porzingis too is like you have to close out hard and really high because like you yeah. can't just run like Pritchard. You right. can just kind of run at without jumping yeah. to contest the shot. Not KP, dude. He's not even yeah. gonna see you unless yeah. you like leap, and that just buys you a lot more uh, time and space to go by guys. But I have, and th- I think this just goes to how incredibly versatile Porzingis is as an offensive player. I have murdering zones. Like I cannot wait until we t- until we play Miami and they go that stupid. <laughs> that's a hilarious comment from Ozzy Phil. You put Rob attacking close attacking closeouts in the same sentence. Absolutely hilarious. Yes. <laughs> um, but like. I can't wait till we play Miami. They go to their janky ass, like two, three, three, two hybrid zone. And we just plop Porzingis at the foul line and watch him take free throws until they get out of that stupid zone. Like that's we've needed it so bad at times. We've had Tatum do that role and look great, but he wants the ball in his hand. So he doesn't really do it that much. And he doesn't fight hard enough for position. KP seven, three. It's a very easy yeah, pass to say, a seven foot three guy. So much like, easier you, to get up getting, there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just cannot wait for that not to be a problem anymore. Oh man, I just have visions right now of him jumping <laughs> and using his seven foot one million wingspan to just go get the ball <laughs> on the entry pass and just turn around and shoot. And please just make it. Because I, I know I can just envision it's like he he misses like the the first two jumpers like against his zone, and we're like. Don't switch it up, Joe. Like, it'll <laughs> yeah, work. please. Again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm excited. That, that's a good call. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Jalen Brown, what do you got? Jalen Brown. I have fire-breathing, hyper-efficient scoring nights. Where So, when, when, when Jalen Brown, again, another guy where the pendulum this offseason just has been, have swung way too far. Like, there's a reason he was, you know, second-team All-NBA last season. When Jalen Brown is locked in and he's just making everything, where he goes on these runs where it's just three-point pull-ups, mid-range, he's attacking in transition, everything's going down. Um, some of my favorites from last season, all of these happened in the garden because there's nothing better than a Jalen mm-hmm. Brown like just fire-breathing scoring sequence versus the Pelicans, 41 points on 21 shots versus the Mavs in the garden. 31 points on 18 shots. Home for home for the Nuggets, all in wins, by the way. 25 points on 15 shots. Like when he's just cooking and he's making everything and no one can stay in front of him. And he's got the he's, he's like pump faking and hitting these like MJ-esque fadeaways. Mm-hmm. And we're getting JB for three. Yeah. Over there. Yeah. Like it's just the best. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. So I think it's probably fair to say. With Porzingis, JB will not have such a large load offensively, right? Like he'll be able to take some plays off more. So I, I'm excited to see what we get from Jalen Brown on the defensive end. Like I feel like locked in Jalen as a one-on-one defender is an absolute monster when he wants to be. I think we'll be able to see it more next year without him having to sort of like, like the way Jalen gets his points 
can be it's taxing right like he's mm-hmm. bodying people he's making multiple moves guys are draped all over him because they like hard foul him when he gets to the rim so like if he can just give a little more juice on the defensive end because Porzingis takes some pressure off uh I think we'll see Jalen Brown's best defensive season of his career and I think that'll go a long way to kind of keeping the team playing above average or great basketball when like Tatum's on the bench I would love nothing more than for this to be Jalen Brown's best defensive season of his career. Like he yes. said it, he said it in um, mm-hmm. when he signed the three hundred million dollar contract. Like we got to go back to our defensive identity. We got to hang our hats on that end. Well, guess what, Jalen? You can lead the way, and yeah. let let's see you pick up guys at half court and full court. Let's get those pickup points up because that's his. Like he's always going to struggle. I think. Off ball, and that's even when he is locked in, but on ball defense, fighting over screens, recovering. Like, I have, I have memories and visions of, of game six in Atlanta where he comes over a screen. DeJounte Murray, like, is going to the rim and he just like swats the ball into the background and they go back the other way and he hits a three. Like, yep. those sequences where he's, you know, getting, getting a steal you know, getting a block and then going down the other end and getting a layup or a dunk or a transition three. That's that's what we need. And I think he can, it, it just isn't that hard for him to have that impact. All it takes, I think, is from day one in training camp for, for that to be a, a focus on a day-to-day basis. And it doesn't need to be a, you know, a crazy shift. I just think a, a very simple mindset shift where he's just raising his intensity by like five to 10% on a given night on that end will have a huge impact. Yeah, and that's a great point about transition. Like if he's yeah. playmaking on defense, that's yeah. going to give him more runouts and that that dude is like oh LeBron level breathtaking yeah. out on transition, dude. He's so good at it. So like yeah. more defense, more transition, more Jalen Brown scorching hot nights, right? Like it all just feeds into it. So Perfect. <laughs> All right. Last but not least. Yeah, the big dog. Jason Tatum. The big dog. Yes, sir. All right. I have Bully Ball Tatum. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yes. So, he's been increasing his free throw attempts every year pretty much in the league. Um, And so, last three seasons, 2020-2021 season, 5.3 attempts. That was 29th in the league. 21-22 season, 6.2 attempts. That was 15th in the league. Last season, 8.4 attempts, 9th in the league. It's just been like, Chunk, 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 just like pretty much everything in his game besides the three-point percentage um, has been improving every single year. And as he gets bigger, as we see these workout videos every single day, um, I think I calculated that he was deadlifting 3.6 jakes the other day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's an exact conversion. (laughs) Yeah, exact conversion. Like that's a strong man. Um, And like we're going to keep saying it until he's – in his prime, but he has physical levels to go. And Giannis is kind of an outlier example because of, you know, he is the way that he grew up and um, like being essentially malnourished as he, as he grew yeah. up. And so his like body transformation, um, you know, is kind of an outlier, but Steph Curry, look how much bigger he is at this point in his career. Um, every year Tatum's going to get bigger and stronger. So I'm just excited for another, another leap as he gets stronger. Like it was his best year at the rim. Um, 
<laughs> now he's deadlifting. Yeah, Ben in the chat. Now he's deadlifting 500 pounds and t- pushing five jakes on the sleds. Yeah, it's good. Look, I'm happy to. I'm happy to be the guy um, <laughs> that, that, that that Tatum's throwing around. You know, and uh, so bully ball Tatum, best year at the rim. I imagine it's going to be another great year at the rim. You know, more Tatum in the post, just bully ball Tatum. It's, dude, you're. We're on the same wavelength. I yes. tweeted out because I'm writing about this, but I tweeted out a couple of videos of Tatum finishing at the rim, and he increased volume and efficiency at the rim the last three years running. He was at like 70% almost from less than five feet on yeah. seven attempts at the rim and like seven or eight free throws. Like he's approaching like Giannis territory. No, he's not going to be Giannis, yeah, but mean, like sure. that gets to like nine and eight free throws. Like that's insane. But uh, mine is a little more global, a little more macro. Mm-hmm. I still see so much Jason Tatum slander on yeah. the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So I want Jason Tatum to put his stamp on the league this year, like become undeniable. Like when you talk about the Stephs, the Jokic's, the Giannis's, force your way to be in that conversation every single time it's brought up. Like, no, got to add Tatum. Tatum's in that group. If you're tiering players, he's in 1A, period. And there's absolutely zero debate. Put your damn stamp on the league. Go win a title, and then you'll like. I just feel like the monkey, like the weight, will come off his shoulders so much that he'll even go up another level with like yeah. all that because he clearly is putting a lot of pressure on himself. So, stamp on the league. Let's do it. <laughs> we need some you, females man. on the show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, I couldn't agree more. I do think that there is a another. There's 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 plenty of levels to go to, but I think a controllable one for him is a mentality, bringing yeah. it every night, imposing your will. And I think a lot of that comes from, we've, we've spoken about it, um, cutting out two of those bad shots per game. Mm-hmm. And I get it, the 82-game season, there's going to be nights where you're going to settle. Um, and honestly, this is going to come down to the playoffs. Like, he's probably going to be in the top five of MVP voting again. Can he, can he get into, like, you know, the last three seasons, it's been Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Can he get into where he's in that top three or when it's like a legit four-person conversation, I think it's very possible that Jokic comes back very much out of shape. I'm yeah. sure he, he he's challenging <laughs> J.R. Smith for the most shirtless championship <laughs> celebration summer. Like every video I see of this guy, he's just sloshed, shirtless, or gambling mm-hmm. at the racetrack. So I think it's possible that we have a slow start for Jokic. I think the MB shine, like there's going to be like voter fatigue now where it's like, okay, we're kind of done with the Embiid stuff. Mm-hmm. Giannis will probably be there, um, but I think there's a very there's, there's a spot for Tatum to like move into like yay two top five MVP finishes in his resume now to like no 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 not just like in the like on the resume for top five finish like can he actually win this thing as we get to yeah. like six to eight weeks left in the season and then when it gets to the playoffs game five against the Hawks win that game yep. Win yep, that game. Great point. Yep. Game one against the Sixers, win that game. Mm-hmm. Those are the types of games where I'm like, you just have to win those games and it's going to be on you. I know you had 39 points in game one against the Sixers. Like, it's not always like your fault, but I'm like, Jokic, Giannis, Steph is like, I'm not letting us lose these games. We're, we're yeah. going on to the next round of the playoffs. 
Yeah, one and two against the Heat, dude. Those were there for the taking too, and like game uh, one especially, like he coughed the ball. Like, yeah, he just like he cuts those like two bad, three bad minutes out, and like he's just a different level of player. So and yeah, and it's, 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 it's right mindset. there. It's yeah, right dude. there. And we yep. spoke about it with uh, with Alex Hoops. Like he has Tatum right at the top of that next tier. I think you know it's it's Jokic, Steph, and, and Giannis, and then you know it's it's Tatum right there in that next group. Um, and yeah, can, can he, can he get there? And I, I think he, I think he definitely can. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jake, you got anything more? Yeah. Do you got Uh, one more thing you want to, I was going to say to KB in the chat, who letting us know that we do need more females on the show. You are correct. And we will have a female guest, hopefully next week. Um, Caitlin from Covering the paces is coming on. Caitlin Cooper, I believe. Oh, Caitlin Cooper, dude. She's, yeah, yeah she's big time. She's too yeah. big for us. Nice. Great, oh, yeah. Great oh. get, Jake. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's gracing us with her. Very smart basketball person. She's um, awesome, dude. Yeah. 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 So um, we're, we agree. And we're, I'm very we're, excited, dude. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm just and finding out about this. She's on yeah, Daniel yeah. LaRue's show all the time. Awesome. Oh, sick. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. we got a lot of uh, paces, Celtics crossover the last couple of seasons. So, um yeah so that's gonna be really fun all right awesome well on that super exciting note i think jake this was super fun dude i really enjoyed it i am so ready for the season to start but in due time so as ben would say jake love your work first to the floor out out